welcome to the Scriptures Are Real podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about elements of the scriptures that have become very real to us or in some way have touched us deeply so that we can draw more power out of the scriptures because we believe we need that power desperately and that it is real, the power that is in the scriptures. I'm your host, Kerry Mielstein, and this is a short cast uh, introducing us to the book of Job. I'm actually redoing this. I uploaded one uh, that has had some audio problems, and we haven't uh, been able to figure out why it won't upload correctly, so I'm just going to re-record this. Maybe I'll add a little bit more, and uh, we'll see if we can get this to upload correctly. But this is just an introduction to help you understand uh, some of the background of the book of Job a little bit better. Uh, I have a longer episode with Josh Sears, where we explore kind of the main theme of Job, uh, just using Job as a springboard, the the theme of suffering and and so on. Uh, and then, of course, there are other podcasts uh, or my old uh, commentary, Scripture Study Made Simple, that uh, where you can get more in depth on this. But this is just an introductory thing. And we should maybe take a moment to just stop and talk about how we're in a different phase of the Bible now. We've left uh, the historical books, these writings that have been telling us the history. Really, we've had mostly narrative from Genesis. Obviously, it's not narrative when we get the laws of Moses and so on, but really we've done mostly gen- a narrative from Genesis through the end of Esther. Uh, a lot of storyline that we've covered, really the whole storyline of the Old Testament. Now we're getting into the period that is called the writings, and then we'll do the prophets after that. Uh, and the writings include things like um, the Job, Ecclesiastes, uh, Proverbs, Psalms. Uh, those kinds of things, and then we'll do the prophetic works. And so we're jumping in with Job, uh, at, which is a, a fantastic book. It's a, a genre of what we'd call wisdom literature. It's uh, kind of the speculative uh, nature of wisdom literature. We have an episode on Proverbs coming up where we'll talk more about what wisdom literature is. Uh, but this is part of uh, mankind exploring some of the really deep and and difficult questions of life. And Job really takes those head on and, and wrestles with those questions. So we first of all have to ask ourselves, who is Job and what's the historical setting? But even before that, maybe we should address a question that's very pertinent to this podcast, since we focus on the scriptures being real. And we have to ask ourselves, is Job a real person? And there are some fairly decent arguments for and against that. So for example, Uh, The book of Job is clearly set up as a play. Uh, There's no doubt it's a play. I I, feel very convinced of that. It's set up as a play. So that may make us wonder whether the story is real or not. Uh, There is an element in this play that really makes people question a lot of things where Satan and God have a conversation and Satan is allowed to afflict Job. Now, maybe we shouldn't understand this as Satan. Uh, it's best to like adversary or uh, accuser or that kind of a thing is maybe a better translation. Um, but so maybe it's uh, someone who fulfills that role in the heavenly council. Uh, but it kind of in some ways seems like it's Satan one way or the other. It, it doesn't seem like the kind of conversation that would actually happen. Uh, so that's uh, that's a real question that we have to ask ourselves. Uh, it's it's just doesn't seem quite real in that way. But there are also some good reasons to think that Job is a real person. Uh, The setting seems authentically ancient. We'll talk more about the setting in a moment, but it seems authentically ancient. Uh, Job is referred to in Ezekiel and in James and the Doctrine and Covenants. Now, could God refer to someone who isn't real, but that everyone uh, can learn lessons from anyway? Yeah, I'm sure he could do that. But it, but he's spoken of as if he is real, especially there in the Doctrine and Covenants when Joseph Smith is told he's not yet as Job, 
Uh, seems like Job is real. It's not conclusive, but it seems like it. And I think that these ideas can actually be reconciled. Uh, we're used to historical fiction, right, or, or plays about real stories. So you can go to Nauvoo and, and uh, see plays about Joseph Smith. Uh, and they're about things that really happened with some stuff filled in to kind of move the storyline along or to teach lessons. Uh, I think it's very possible that this is a play written about a real person uh, and things that really happened with perhaps some liberties taken to, to help them explore some of the uh, important issues. So uh, setting up the, the beginning scene with uh, Satan, because one of the things that the book of Job really tackles is um, – are we righteous only because God blesses us or are we righteous anyway, even if it doesn't seem like God is blessing us? And can we believe in God when he's not blessing us the way we expect and the way we want? Can we trust in God during those uh, those periods? That's really uh, some of the central questions that are in Job. And, and that's set up uh, in a literary fashion by this kind of uh, discussion between God and Satan. So, the question is, is, is that real or not? I don't know. There's some elements of it that may just be a literary uh, work to further the story. Uh, some of the dialogue is probably uh, goes a bit beyond what actually happened and is expanded upon by this writer. Maybe. I don't know. But that's that seems certainly believable. And yet the writer is inspired, I believe. We've canonized Job. I think that even if some of his friends didn't say some of these things and Job didn't say some exactly that way, that uh, the writer is capturing, if Job is a real person, that the writer is capturing the essence of that. And uh, he is inspired and thus canonized, and he's teaching us in an inspired way. And so we should learn from it. And the spirit will teach us what we need to know and what we need to learn as we do so. So I think those are things that are worth considering. And, and I don't know for sure that Job is real, but I think so. I think this is a real play about a real person. But that brings up a couple of questions then. What is the setting of Job? And the answer is we don't know. He doesn't seem to be an Israelite. Uh, so this could be a story about someone who is, is not uh, from Israel. We don't even know the time period. There are a couple of things, the way his wealth is measured in terms of, of uh, animals and livestock and so on, uh, and some of the other kind of cultural things going on, makes it seem like this might be from the days of the patriarchs, including how long Job lives and that kind of thing. He might be contemporary with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or at least one of them. Uh, that may be his time period, but some people have suggested, uh, we, we find scholars suggesting that early, and some even just a few centuries before Christ. Uh, we really don't know the time period. What's more, we also have to say not only what is the time period of Job, but what is the time period of when this play is written? And it could be hundreds of years, a thousand years later. Uh, we, we don't know who wrote it. We have no idea. We don't know anything about who wrote it. The, the Hebrew is a bit different than we find in any of the other books. So it may be someone who, for whom Hebrew is a second language or uh, they, they've got a different dialect or they're just so much earlier that it's different. We really can't tell. So we don't know a lot about how we get the story. The the, let's look at a couple of the main themes. As I said, Josh and I will explore the, the themes, but only touching lightly on Job. So let's look at a couple of things. What kind of a man is Job? Well, he's described as being perfect in his generation. And that's a phrase we've explored a couple of times here on this, uh, this podcast, where we think about that being uh, someone who's described as being completed and having a covenant context and uh, the uh, grace of God having an effect in there. He's upright, meaning he he keeps his covenant. 
the way he should. Uh, he's a good family man. He's he's a, a just a good man, right? Uh, we have some questions about what does Job suffer? Well, uh, he loses everything possession-wise. He loses everything. Uh, and then he starts to endure physical afflictions of all kinds. He has boils uh, and his he's afflicted by boils and other things so much that his face is disfigured beyond recognition. People can't tell who he is. Uh, his boils get so infected that and his other sores that he gets worms and maggots in them. His, uh, because of all this going on, his breath and his body odor is so bad that uh, people hate to be around him. Uh, even the other outcasts can't stand to be around him. He's an outcast among outcasts, and he lives in a refuse heap with those outcasts but, and lepers, but they stay away from him. Um, he starts to have terrible nightmares. So often when you are having physical affliction, your one source of relief is to sleep, but it's not a source of relief for Joe because when he's asleep, he has these terrible nightmares. Uh, he loses all social standing. Uh, he's even... Uh, kind of rejected by his friends and in some ways his wife who tells him to curse God and die. So he's, his wife is probably the one family member that survived is seems like is either having a spiritual crisis and I can't blame her. Look at all that's happened to her and the loss of her children and so on. Uh, I can't put myself in her shoes enough to be able to make a judgment there, but uh, he, he loses all of that. Um, and his friends are accusing him unjustly and really no one can understand him. And no one is fully listening to him. Uh, so all of those are important elements that we should uh, take into account as we study Job. Now, let's look at um, some of the, the key lessons that we learned from Job. Uh, it, one is that suffering is not always punishment. It's frequently not punishment. Uh, we can't tell a soul's condition from its outward circumstances. Job would seem to be a bad person based on some simplistic understanding of uh, obedience and blessings. But... He's obviously not. And so we really should be very careful in, in thinking that we understand someone by looking at their outer circumstances. Uh, and we should also recognize that uh, when we make a covenant and we keep that covenant and we're promised blessings and protection, that doesn't always mean right now or all the time. That's an eventual thing in many ways. Uh, I'd also like to address how does Job exemplify faith? And we'll use the, the uh, lectures uh, on faith, their definition of faith unto salvation. You have to be able to believe that God exists. You have to have a correct idea of his attributes and characteristics. And you have to know that your life is in accord with God's will. And we see that with Job. Uh, even when suffering happens and he's accused unjustly, he believes that God exists. And he believes that God is loving and will redeem him. And he, he attests again and again that his life is in accord with God's will. And he is willing to sacrifice everything to have faith. Now, he doesn't choose to sacrifice it, but he accepts the sacrifice. We'll talk about that a little bit more as we go along. Um, and it's important to understand, uh, like Elder Maxwell, for example, taught that there are different reasons we suffer. Sometimes we do suffer as a consequence of sins or mistakes that we make. Um, sometimes we suffer just because we live in a fallen world and the world has stuff happen to it. Our bodies are fallen and they have stuff happen to it. And there are fallen beings around us that do things to us. And some suffering is from God to help us to learn and grow. In the end, we don't really need to figure out why we have our suffering. We just need to learn and grow from it. That's really the key. Uh, let's also talk just a little bit about how the book of Job is set up. We have kind of an introduction, a long body where there are arguments developed in, in, in an extended way. And then we have a resolution at the end. And much of this fo uh, focuses on people accusing Job of having done poorly. And that's why he's suffering. 
uh, or uh, uh, that God is unfair and, and uh, Job should curse God and die. And Job repeatedly says that neither of those are the case and that uh, God is given and, and uh, he'll take away uh, and that we should uh, bless God and, and be faithful to God nonetheless. Uh, but, but Job does start to also build a case kind of to ask God to come down and explain it to him. And he keeps asking to be heard and he builds this argument again and again and again. Uh, I, why is God not coming and giving me answers as to why I'm suffering? And that's often the most difficult thing to not know why. If you can't get a diagnosis, that's terrible. If you can't, uh, you don't know what's going on with you and you don't know why it's happening. That's real pain, right? And Job is building this up. And finally, God does come and he answers Job's question to begin with. He just, and, and I addressed this in the interview with Josh. And so I'll just suggest you go and, and uh, listen to that. But to begin with, God just makes sure to remind Job the difference between himself and Job. Uh, and then eventually he says, okay, but Job, you were right in everything you were saying and doing. Uh, and so there's some fantastic lessons we can learn from Job. Uh, I hope that, that you will learn these lessons uh, and you'll learn a different lesson depending upon what's going on in your life. Uh, and uh, different stages of life, different things will jump out to you. But there are some really powerful things we can learn from the book of Job. 